You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Hello, hello, hello. Another week we've survived. It's almost the end of May. It's Memorial Day weekend. We hope you have some exciting plans and hopefully better weather than where we are at in the Midwest. I mean, we have flooding. So instead of pools, we're just going to be hanging out in our streets going down uh, on a floats. <laughs> and it's floaties. also in the 60s. It's just, anyways, we can go on and on about boring water cooler talk about the weather. So why don't we get started with Jersey? I'm going to say something that I rarely say. I was wrong. This did not deserve three parts. When it ended with two, I was like, oh, I get it. I don't think I would have wanted a third part. And I actually applaud Bravo for doing it on such a key franchise and kind of setting this precedent that not everyone is going to get three parts. You know, I had the same exact thought. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this ended kind of nicely too. Like we'll get to the end of it, but it just ended on a really nice note. Yeah. I want to start off. So I love that Dolores is one of those people that is never really afraid to call someone out, even if she's friends with them. Like, I just, I love that about Dolores and she doesn't do it in a very like aggressive way, but she wasn't afraid to call out Jennifer with the way that she was kind of talking about things with Marge and her boss and was basically saying like, you are victim shaming. You are, you know, you might think that the way Marge told the story, she was bragging about sleeping with a hot older man, but that's the Dolores is saying directly to her. That's not the way I took it. And that's not the way you should be talking to her about it. I just, I appreciated that. Cause I think, you know, Dolores isn't really somebody who you look at the, th- you know, they divided the sides pretty much by the way the people align. And she's not afraid to kind of cross into the other groups and kind of go against her friends. If she thinks it's the right thing to say. Oh, a hundred percent. And she called out Teresa for something yes. as well. But the amount of victim shaming that Marge got was bullshit. I was wanting to not really strangle Teresa, but when she made that comment about like how a man, she would never let a man put her hands, their hands on her. And I love that Andy kind of called her out. Um, when yeah. he was kind of like sharing that story about how her shoulders got massaged from a boss. And I'm just like, Teresa, you can't, 
here's the thing. Teresa has been a stay-at-home mother, which is an, a commendable and an amazing, this isn't what I'm about to say is not, I'm a, I don't want to start a war between working moms. No, I know exactly where you're going and I but have the same she thought. Doesn't, yeah. She hasn't been in that type of position or environment to speak to. So I just think in those situations, if you can't speak directly to it from your own personal experience, just listen to the other person and take what they say at face value. Exactly. Like she's never worked in an environment, like in a professional office setting. And I really appreciated what Jackie said because she, you know, being a lawyer, she went through school for several years and not that you have to be a lawyer for, but to understand this, but she just said, when you work really hard and get the job that you've always wanted and somebody does something that makes you feel uncomfortable or they treat you inappropriately and they're in a position of power, the last thing you're thinking about is speaking up and disciplining this person because you are in fear of losing that dream job. And that is what this whole, I think, thing is about with trying to make the workforce a safe and inclusive place, whether it is race, religion, sexual orientation. I think that it what Teresa said really goes against everyone out there trying to make the workplace a safer environment for all. And I appreciated Andy sticking up for her. And I just... I know. I mean, she's already been getting a lot of heat for the comment. I would really like it if she kind of came forward and made a statement because it also makes me think like, well, what do you think about children who have been sexually abused? Because yeah. is it because they let someone put their hands on them? Like that's not the whole it's thing not. of making it feel like you said victim shaming and like you can prevent someone from raping you or sexually assaulting you. That is not kind of goes to the whole, like she was asking for it. She was drunk type of thing. And I hate he- that she's on that side. Same. And, you know, and we could say the same for Jennifer, similar thing. Yeah. Doesn't have that experience. I just think it's so much easier in in any situation. It's so much easier to chirp and provide your opinion. But if you don't have relevant experience to what that person is sharing, just stay out of it. Stay out of it. Um, We got a lot of conversation about Dirty Louie. I can't wait until... He's exposed. I'm part of me. This is going to sound terrible, but the way Teresa acted this episode, a part of me is like, mm, I can't wait for him to fuck you over. I am like, cause we know it's going to happen. I hope you don't go to jail over it, but like, he is not a great person. And the way she's acting, you know, kind of as if she can't do any wrong and she's never done anything wrong. I'm like, Oh my God, like you are you're kind of an idiot and you're not seeing a lot of red flags. I did love that Andy, you know, shortly after Teresa's victim shaming, he asked her several times in different ways. Were you truly faithful to Joe the whole 20 years, the whole time she had a, the first time he asked her that she had a very long pause and then said, yes, she was faithful to him the entire time. And everyone's face kind of like everyone made a smirk. I don't think anyone believes that. I don't even think oh, Teresa believes what she said. No, I mean, and no one would be upset by it is the thing. Like, I just think that goes back to like the old school Italian way. I mean, my, my, like I'm taking a step back now. She's probably thinking about her kids maybe in her response. Um, I'm sure. But I mean, she was photographed with a guy on the beach who was like grabbing her ass. Like, even if you didn't like make out with him or have sex with him, like that crossed a line as a married person. Oh, for sure. And uh, no one's judging her. No, like, I mean, husband, all of us yeah. as viewers were like, just admit it. Like, I'm glad. I hope so. I just find it hard to believe that Dirty Louie is the second man that his, she has slept with. And yeah. it's just the whole thing is cringeworthy. Like we said, guys, we want Teresa to be happy. We're not tree huggers. We want her to be happy. 
we just see a lot of red flags. We know a lot about this guy. That's all signs lead to bad. And I just also find it interesting that she's really dismissing his exes, which is a whole nother episode in and of itself. So um, Teresa just, you know, keeps slurping that pineapple because eventually it's not going to be so sweet and it's going to turn sour. Look at that. I love that. That was great. I loved that. That was good. Way to go, B. Uh, No, I just think it's funny that when Andy asked, are you concerned about what his exes are saying? She says, I feel bad for him because nobody said anything until he came on the show. Bullshit, Teresa. The, the person who is running the race and you can Google and I, I forgot to like, I guess I should ask if we can say her name on the podcast and we haven't done that. So you can Google her. It's public Google woman running, um, a race, narcissism, race abuse from uh, narcissism, abuse and her name will pop up. We just, I don't want to cross a line because she's a great person. Um, but she started doing that before we knew who he was. Like she was talking about this. There were other women out there that were talking that had, you know, sued him. Companies had sued him. It's not like all of a sudden Teresa's dating him. And now everyone's coming out and saying he's a bad person because they want attention. And if that's the way she looks at it, and that's probably the way he's explaining it to her. And that's what she's believing. It's because she wants to believe it. But if I was in the public eye, and I start dating someone and then all these women are coming out. Like if all of a sudden I knew nothing about army hammer and then all these women are coming out and telling me all these things, I'm not gonna be like, Oh, that's because of me being in the public eye. No, that's because he's a bad person. And now that he is in the public eye, people are like, I don't want anyone else to go through what I went through. I think people, like she views this as women jealous of her when these women are actually trying to help her. Oh, a thousand percent. And it, the thing is like, yeah. We can go on and on about Dirty Louie. I know. You I feel like know, I could do like a follow-up. Yeah. We like, love to talk about Dirty Louie and how it's going to turn a mess. But I feel like that's what the next season is going to be, is exposing him. Let's – I agree. And I hope it – like, I I applaud Jackie for not saying anything because she, you know she knew everything that, about him. They all did. Nobody brought up anything about Louie. They'll be next season. You're right. Next um, season. They let's pivot. come out. Yeah. So I was like, let's pivot to a positive. So it doesn't seem like we're just bashing Louie like we do almost every episode. The men come out. I love every guy. I will say though, I'm going to bash Louie one more time. When he brought her her pineapple at the end and then he met with all the guys and they were like kind of embracing him. Like, do not let him into this group. Like he does not deserve to be with this caliber of men that we love at Bravo. But um, let's just start by talking about each guy and why we love them. So let's start with Dr. Bill. I know you love Dr. Bill. I, you know, it's funny when Dr. Bill first came on, I was like, who's this guy? He's such an asshole. Like, I don't even remember. I used to remember his first season. He came across as like this arrogant, like asshole, but I've kind of really come to love him. And I just felt like, I don't even remember what exactly he said or did. Oh, he made the comment of after five kids and so many years, like she deserves her diamond. I just, I just respect that he adores his wife. He is not afraid to call her out. He was okay with her letting her hair down and getting like wasted, like didn't drunk shame her as much as I love Marge. I do feel like that to me seems to be more personal given her background versus like what it was. But I just think he's great. I just think he's fun. I also like it when he gets like crazy and goes Tony. I just like Dr. Bill. I did too. I thought it was nice to these. Like she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't get this every year, but she deserved more than flowers. I, I don't know. I just, I appreciated it. I really like him. Um, I think he also 
fits in with the men well, even though he isn't like loud and like as boisterous as Frank and, you know, the two Joes, they, they all complement each other really well. And I think Bill serves a purpose. He gets, he, he'll let loose when he wants to every now and then. And he doesn't judge his wife when she does the same. And I, I don't know. I think that was, I liked seeing it. Let's pivot to Joe. I never know how to say his name. Bagnito. Um, Marge's the real, Joe. Yeah. Marge's Joe, which I loved when they were <laughs> they're like, Joe, is she, is Marge domineering? And Marge jumps in and was like, okay, now you can talk. And then she realized like right then and there, like, this is kind of the, the definition of being domineering. But he knew what he married. I think he is the type of guy that is okay with a very, not even okay, loves, embraces, and supports a very strong woman. And, you know, Marge is someone that you can't, you're not going to be able to hold back. You're not going to have a a long-lasting relationship with her if that's how you act. I have nothing else to say other than it's probably spicy in the bedroom for that reason. Oh, I bet. And you know, sometimes I think short guys, he doesn't have like BDE, but he doesn't have like LDE either. Like, I think sometimes short guys know how to make up for, <laughs> for some things. That's just what I'm going to say. All right. Uh, I don't really I think we like can talk about joking of- right now. I'm like <laughs> laughing so much <laughs> um, as I'm married to like a tall man. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't think we really need to talk about Joe Gorga. We talked about him previously. Uh, I think he has a little bit of a chauvinist, but I will say when it comes to him being with all the men, probably because he's a pure chauvinist, he, he shines. I think he is really funny. He gives those one-liners back to Frank, Frank to me. I know he cheated on Dolores. I hate that he cheated on her pregnant. Not that there's ever like a good time to cheat, but that's like a really shitty thing to do. But that being said, I mean, there's something about Frank that my heart just loves him. And I, I kind of forgiven him. Because Dolores has forgiven him, I think. I mean, I think we have to. And I think Jackie kind of said it best. Like, her situation with David, like, works out because Frank gets to be in the picture and David's not threatened by Frank. Like, I I think a lot of men would be very, very intimidated by that closeness of the relationship and would just assume something shady is going on. And I think it's like a genuine friendship there between them. I think they have their backs. They're like each other's like dates to social functions. They get kind of like the best of the world, the both worlds in a way. You know what I mean? Like they get to kind of go home with who they want to sleep with, but they have the same social circle. They get to kind of have fun. Don't have to like be by each other at a social function because they know all the same people. Like I, I kind of see how it works. I agree. I, yeah, I think it wor- It definitely, it works for them. And I mean, it sounds like Dolores isn't hundred percent happy. Like she said, you know, I've had a lot of time to think if you propose, there's different things I'd want. There's changes I would make, but I think that's just normal in any relationship. Like it's going to evolve. It's going to change. And, you know, for her, I think getting the freedom and flexibility to have the relationship with her, her kids, you know, father and her ex-husband while also getting to have like that remote, like the romantic relationship with it, David, it, it just, it works for her. And I think, I love that Frank just wants her to be happy too. I just, I don't know. I love that. Um, let's go now to everyone's favorite, Evan, who I think shined, ama- like he was like amazing in this episode, given what he went through and he could have really gone hard at Teresa and like made her really feel the pain. But I think he realized she's one of those people that one thinks she never does anything wrong. And two, it wouldn't have, 
nothing positive would have come out of it. And I think that's ultimately why he ended up getting Teresa to apologize to him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Evan is very much like take the high road, kill them with kindness. And I mean, I just thought he was a class act, how he went up to her afterwards. He just, to me, like just handled it in the best way possible. He also, to me, like, I honestly think even though the rumor was about Evan, I think Teresa likes Evan, not in a romantic way, but like likes him more than Jaggy. Oh, for sure. I don't think, you know, it's funny. The only time she really seemed to show any ounce of remorse is when Evan was there. It was the same way at the shore and then at the reunion. And, and, you know, I thought it was kind of cute that she was, you know, like talking to Evan about Louis. I think the only reason why she wants to play golf is basically to see Evan. Uh, But I kind of also agree with Jackie. I think Teresa was drunk and she saw the two of them together, got jealous and wanted to break them apart because Teresa doesn't like Jackie, but she likes Evan. So in her mind, it's like, why would someone as great as him be with someone like Jackie? I disagree with that thought, but I think that's, that's what triggers her. Yeah. I just, I mean, and Teresa has a little Ramona in her where she like downplays her actions. And I love that Andy like still called her out. But all in all, it was a great part too. I thought it was a great reunion. Like, you're right. We didn't need a third part. I felt good when it ended. I felt like we got the right amount of drama. It was, it was great. It makes me excited for the next season. And I think there's a rumor that there might be a potential new housewife. Personally, I think the cast is perfect as is. This person may be more of a friend of replacing Michelle, who, what was the point of her being there? Yeah. Yeah. Michelle failed um, terribly. We'll see. We'll see if it comes to fruition. I want to say too, the reason why I loved that it was two parts is because they didn't overly dwell on any one drama or fight. Like, I feel like the Jackie Teresa thing did not need to go one second longer than what it did. And I'm, I'm just like, I think that was the best part about it being two parts. Um, I could have done like a whole other part of just the men, but we got that with the watch what happens live episode. So great season of New Jersey. We'll miss the women. I'm sure they're already filming now, Um, but they ended on a very high note. So let's go from, I would say a high, from a high note and just made me feel good at the end of the day. It felt like things were wrapped up to like a very uncomfortable Beverly Hills episode. Uh, But before we get to that part, let's dive into what I thought was refreshing. Uh, Garcelle and Kyle's conversation. What did you think? I loved it. I mean, this is like, the stuff that we want to see. I think this is the importance of representation. Garcelle, you know, if it, if they want to be cool, if Garcelle and Kyle want to be cool, Garcelle had explained why her accusations of Garcelle not paying the ramifications behind it, even though Kyle's intentions, I think we can understand her intentions truly was like she did not pay. It had nothing in her mind to do with her being black. But I think Garcelle explaining to her the microaggressions, um, I mean, I think people, regardless if they want it admitted or not, have some sort of racial bias inside of them based on how they grew up and their surroundings. So I think her explaining to Kyle like why that hurt and kind of her everyday reality, thought it was really great. And I thought the way Kyle responded was perfect. She listened. She didn't like try to get defensive. She just acknowledged it. And it's like, okay, I can understand from that point of view. Thank you. And they went on to have like, you know, a laugh about Garcelle's trainer. I thought it was really great. I loved how honest and real it felt. 
I a hundred percent agree. I think this was like what these are kind of, I think the conversations that we need to see to move forward. Uh, and it needs to be the way Kyle responded. And I know not everyone loves her. We do. And I'm not saying that she's perfect all the time, but I felt like in that moment, like you said, she listened, she said, thank you for sharing acknowledged, you know, just that she was sorry that she hurt, you know, Garcelle in that way. And then like moved on, but didn't move on in a way like, okay, now I'm dismissing your feelings. It was like, it was just very organic. I thought if Garcelle and Kyle are going to move forward, that was like the moment where I was like, okay, I think they actually might. And I think they can, um, we'll dive into a, another kind of conversation that came up where I think uh, two people are definitely not going to move on and we can see why there's going to be some, uh, tension in the future, but I am starting to love crystal. I, I liked her. I will say I liked her. The first episode was not, a, not obsessed with her. doesn't mean like I didn't like her. I just was like, I need to, I need to see a little more of her when her daughter wouldn't drink the green juice. And she's like, let's see how fast you drink it. And then, uh, so she's chugging this green juice and the dad comes in crystal's husband and says, you know, what does she get if she wins? And she's like strong bones. I just, something about like, I just love that. Like there's no reward with kids other than just, you're trying to create a contest or create something to motivate them to do what you want them to do. I just love that. She does like the best parenting hack. Like when in doubt, just put a timer and say, how fast can you do this? And most kids yes. like, will go and do it. I also laugh, like laugh at the little girl that she wanted Sprite instead. She's like, <laughs> I don't want the green juice. I want Sprite. I don't blame her. And I just, honestly, I'm just loving Crystal and the Hollywood life. I, I just love that point of view. She feels rich to me. Crystal to me is like the perfect amount of snobby too. Mm -hmm. we'll get into like the Lake Tahoe specifics and what I mean by that. But I died that her brother is a pop star and it's and just like low key, a nobody in the States, but is huge in China. I was just, and she just like casually, she's like, you know, he's um, visiting because, you know, when Corona hit, he wanted to get out of China. He's actually a pop star there. It was just like, so like casual and nonchalant. And that's when you know that you like are truly like you know, running in high elite social circles that that's not something you even brag about because it's just like, Oh, doesn't everybody have a pop star brother? Like, I don't know. I just, I thought that was hilarious. And I love that. He's like, she said, now he's their Manny and driving the kids around. She just, she's quickly becoming the most interesting housewife to me. Yes. And she has shared so much and it's episode two. Like she's embracing what reality TV is, is like showing all parts of your life. I loved her schedule and the color coding I mean, I'm not to that degree. I definitely like to plan. So I just kind of appreciate it because I think as moms, we kind of bear the ownership of the calendar and the schedule. So I kind of appreciated that. And we cannot forget the star in the making, Lucy, her um, employee, her um, kind of, I don't know what you want to call her, what the proper title is, but kind of like her- She's the boss. Manager, house manager. (laughs) The boss, according to Crystal. (laughs) She was- awesome. I just found her hilarious and her honesty and how like she asked why she needs so many shoes. She only has one, like two feet or one. Uh, yeah. But how many feet do you life. have? Yeah. I know. I, Lucy is hilarious. I think she, um, she kind of reminds me of Zola from, um, flipping out and that technically she works for crystal. Right. You know I mean? Like that's why, why she's there, but there isn't a sense of like, Oh yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to tell you how I see it. And we're going to act as equals because we are as human beings, even though 
I work for you. I don't know. I just, I love that dynamic. It reminded me a lot of Zola. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do too. I, I, I loved it. It was fun. So now the women, you know, get ready to go to Lake Tahoe. I don't understand how Kathy Hilton has never been on a girl's trip. That shocked me because she said she does all that with her husband and I get like, they're super, super rich, but he is also kind of like running like a lot of like huge, I mean, it's Hilton, you know, corporation. I would think he has occasionally business stuff he has to do. Um, It just shocks me. And I also think about like when she got married and her friends were getting married, did she not go on like a bachelorette trip? I wonder as you're saying all this, I wonder if it was like her way to have time with him. Cause he is yeah. so busy that she would just join him on trips and travel with him. Cause that was her way to get like more one-on-one time. It could be, but uh. still like, how do you not even just want that? Like I, I live for girls trips. Like they're the best. They're so good for your soul. Like I need them. So I don't know how you go 62 years in this being your first, like hopefully this will be one of many. <laughs> Well, I mean, she doesn't know how to plug a fan into an outlet too. So maybe that's part of it. She's like, I don't want to go to girl's trip. I need, I need somebody to do shit for me. And my husband does it all. It's just just the whole like Tahoe, like getting there. I loved everyone's different takes on Tahoe. Crystal's was my favorite because it was so freaking snobby. Um, (laughs) But just, you know, Erica was like, yeah, whatever. It's pretty. And then Kyle's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I've never been there. It just was really funny to see all their different takes on Lake Tahoe. And then they get there to this massive chalet. I think this is like officially a chalet. We looked up the price. I Googled for y'all. You guys can look it up. The Sheraton Estate, I think it's what it's called. But you can, ha- you can, you can also live like a housewife for $8,000 um, a night. If you, you know like. what though? It's 18 bedrooms. Yeah. So if you think about like doing like, oh, we're going to do a couple's trip. I mean, I don't think you'd want 18 couples, but let's just say you did 10 couples. It, it, it's still like for the size of it, it, it actually isn't that expensive if you could split it that many ways. Like, let me do some quick math. Let's just say hypothetically you did 18 couples. Yeah. That becomes it's $444 a night per couple. Oh not, yeah. It's not terrible. No, that's not terrible. I mean, for a nice <laughs> place. Like so that. I don't have, I don't think I know 17 other couples like in total, like I would totally go with like you and your husband and we have a few other friends, but like if I did have that large of a group, it would be a fun trip. So my, what's funny, I was reading the reviews and someone said my son's very small wedding with 35 guests were, was held here. Oh, that so, would make I mean, sense. That would make sense for like a wedding. I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. But you know, for how many housewives are there? Like six housewives in this well, ass house. That's why I thought it was hilarious. They're complaining about like the bottom floor with the, the ground floor with bears. I mean, aren't there enough bedrooms where everyone could be on the second floor? Yeah. You would think there'd be plenty, <laughs> plenty of bedrooms. I also thought the women carrying their own bags was pretty funny. I saw that oh you had God. a note about this. Uh, I, I mean, I just, I thought it was hysterical. Cause they're like, there's no one to carry it. And you know, Ren is like, I couldn't get someone because of COVID. And all, I mean, like all of them were acting as if this is like the world's greatest inconvenience. And like, I have to think at some point in their lives, they carried a bag. Like, I don't think any of them grew up. I'm trying to like, think of all, like no one has said they grew up super wealthy. You know, Erica prides herself on growing up in like the backwoods of the South. Rena talks about how she came from like humble beginnings. 
like you, you carried a freaking bag at some point in your life. I don't know. I just think that was, I was dying at all of them. Like just freaking out about the bags and looking at each other. Like there's no one to carry our bags. We have to carry them down the steps. I mean, if I have to hear a side note about Erica being from the South one more time, I'm going to freaking scream. That's my own side note, but (laughs) it was really funny. I, Kathy Hilton is a star. I love the fan and I just, there's so many little moments to the fan, which I relate to. I travel with, I now travel with a fan. I brought one in Vegas (laughs) and I have to have one. I will share it the next time I travel with you guys and just say, you know, Kathy Hilton and I have something in common. Do you do this now instead of the noise app or do you do both? I do both. Oh girl, I'm up in this chair room with you. I have no, well, it's, the fan isn't that big. It's, it goes on a nightstand and it just hits me. So it's like perfect. It's not as big as Kathy. I don't travel like that, but yes, we're going to be, Abby and I are going to be sharing a room soon. So we'll like several times. (laughs) We'll be sharing um, those adventures. But yes. it was um cat so from there and then her asking about treats like what little treats do we have like I died Kyle like messing up dinner was hilarious to me and then she still served the blackened <laughs> salmon I mean I like that they were like oh it's so good that's not blackened it's burnt I mean the one time I'll agree with Erica probably this whole season that was burnt it was burnt that was fish. burnt I mean I feel like you know at that point I would have been like hey can you order a pizza like backup food <laughs> um because I don't know if the salad and pasta is gonna work and then they you know the like, chef was pissed too like oh great I'm so glad I let you do dinner <laughs> yep exactly and then they play the game Dorit said let's play the game two truths and a lie Kathy blew my mind not understanding the game and just she just doesn't give a shit about anything. I think Kathy's one of those people that lives in her own world and makes no apologies for it. And that's why I love her. Cause they were all like, where's the lie? She was like, there was like, she was just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Like, I don't know. I just love her. And crystals. That was shocking to me that like that she worked at a, like a escort service. She, yeah. She answered the phones and she said she learned a lot that year. I want to hear more about that. Honestly, I want to hear more about that. But then Erica, (laughs) that she wore a wire. She wore a wire, the mafia. And what was her other one? I can't remember. I can't remember. She never told her. She said that she wouldn't tell. She would have to tell them all later. I mean, I I mean, I think it tells us the why. Do you think the wire has to do with Tom? Um, I don't know. Why would she say that? That would be like the dumbest thing. It could, maybe it could. I'm wondering if she wore a wire early on in his career to like try to get somebody to, to like confess to something. I don't think it has to do with the recent stuff because I mean, she's in the thick of it too. If she was wearing a wire, she wouldn't be in the thick of the legal battles. Yeah. I don't know. But it was just odd. I thought I see it going. I don't know. I'm I'm just playing up to the fantasy in my head of it being about Tom because it's more interesting that way. So I'm going to pretend that's it, even though it's probably not. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, and the other ones I don't think were really even that like super exciting. And I think the game itself was kind of stupid. I'm sure like Dorit was kind of produced to say that. But what I thought was shocking then after that everyone goes to bed and it it's not shocking that people like go to bed after, you know, dinner and a few, but I was surprised that Rena wasn't the one in for the, the late night. She's usually like dancing on tables till 3am and she went to bed. Her and Garcel Garcel had a chat. Um, I don't think Rena really understands how to have a conversation conversations about feelings. Yeah. And how to like move forward with stuff. Cause I think Garcel was trying to tell her 
how she's feeling about it. And Rena was like, I'm so happy that you told me that. Like the way she said it was so like overly excited. I'm like, are you, just, I think she's just trying to move on again. I think she just wants it to be one of those things. Like let's start fresh, clean slate. And it's like, you can't do that with people every year. At some point the shit builds up and you have to talk through it. I don't know. Rena just does too much. I'm like, if you just, you like, I think Rena to me, so much of her seems very like actress and doesn't feel authentic. And I think Garcelle being an actress can like smell that from a mile away. Yeah. I, yes, I agree. Um, I'm starting to dislike Rena. I mean, I've never, I've always liked Rena for what she brings to the show, not necessarily liked her as a person, but I'm starting to get a little bit more annoyed. I need, I need Rena to have a little bit of a pivot. Um, another person who I was shocked by was Sutton. So the only three that are still up drinking, um, is Kyle, Crystal and Sutton. And it mostly, I think Crystal kind of got like tricked into being part of that group because Kyle asked if she would make another drink for her because she liked, um, her margaritas, which who knew Crystal was a mixologist as well. I mean, seriously, what can't she do? She answers phones. (laughs) I just love it. Makes so what I want to like, what was your thought? So, I mean, it starts with Kyle saying that she and Garcelle move forward. Crystal's like, well, what happened? So Kyle gives her the kind of the background of like, she didn't pay for the charity thing. I called her out. And then she let me know that it was kind of, it was racially triggering for Garcelle, which Kyle hadn't thought of. And I appreciated how Crystal kind of was like asking questions to guide the conversation without like throwing in judgment. But Sutton, it was like Sutton was not really going to let Crystal share any of her feelings in this. No, it was, you know, as someone, we were both people excited for Sutton to get a diamond we're like, yes, like she, she's, you know, quirky and interesting, but she's still fun. It was disappointing. I think that like, if you don't know what white fragility is, that conversation is just that. Like, listen to the person who has the experience in it. Your experience and what she's explaining is nothing compared to what Crystal experiences on an everyday basis and same with Garcelle. It was like, God damn it. That's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, ah, Sutton, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. And, you know, we say this time and time again, we're not about cancel culture. I think people can be held accountable and they can learn and grow from it. But I do think your actions speak louder than words. Sutton did release a statement following the episode and she said, I'm going to read it, not in a Sutton voice. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to be acting for you guys. But she said, despite Crystal and my strained relationship at the time, it was disrespectful to interrupt her and not listen to her express her truth. My life is blessed by the diversity of my relationships and I'm committed to becoming, I'm committed to become a better listener to understand the painful realities experienced by people of color. I am sorry. I will do better and be better. I think for me, it was the interrupting to say that she also had been stereotyped as a redneck um, and that bothers her. Listen, it's not to say that stereotypes can't be hurtful uh, of any, any kind. Uh, you know, I think everyone has different like things about them that are, that are stereotyped. You know, like I, I get annoyed when everyone says like women are bad drivers and type of things, but I wouldn't relate like 
my experience of like hearing people say women are bad drivers to somebody who's experienced racial discrimination. I just think it's a little, it, it, it is different. It's not a little different. It's a lot different. And I think that to me, was like the worst part. And it's not only that she interrupted her and didn't let her kind of finish how she feels, but she did it to almost be like, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you because I get annoyed that people stereotype me by my accent and think I'm a redneck. Yeah, no, it was, it was bullshit. I, Crystal did like the comment. So I, and Crystal said, oh, she said, had a comment. I haven't read this yet. Crystal said, thank you, Sutton. Your apology means a lot to me. And I'm sure it means a lot to many others with similar lived experiences. Asian Americans are often expected not to share their opinions, but despite this stereotype, I believe that everyone deserves to be heard. I consciously rewired myself to be outspoken and share my feelings whenever possible. And I encourage my children to do, to do the same. Now that my platform has grown, I feel I have a duty to speak up for others who don't yet feel safe using their own voices. Listening to one another and validating our different experiences and perspectives are how we will all grow as individuals and as a society. Thank you for that commitment, Sutton. Perfect. I think that was the best way to respond to it. Um, yeah. I well, did love her response back. It was like, tell me you're the person who says they don't see color. Oh my God. Crystal is, I like love how quick she is on her feet and says, oh wait, did she call her a Karen? Basically. She did. I mean, she didn't say the word Karen. She just I was, said, I, tell me you're that girl that says I don't see color. Just tell me you're that girl. And I, I, I mean, was it kind of shady and trying to make Sutton feel like shit? Yes. Was it deserved? Also? Yes. You know, and that's why I think I loved it. I'm like, uh, she's just so quick and she does it in a way where like, she doesn't raise her voice. Like, it's not like, uh, I'm going to start yelling at you. I, I kind of like, like would compare it almost to how Ebony interacts on Roni. She doesn't raise her voice and get angry. And she just kind of does it in a way where like, She's speaking what she wants to say, but, and she can deliver, she can deliver like a harsh punch, but it, I don't know. It's just like, she does it in a very classy way. Yeah, no, it was great. And I think, unfortunately, I feel like that has a lot to do with, with being a woman of color. Yeah. I mean, Garcelle touched on and it. There, yeah. And some of the stereotypes that come with being angry. So I, I, I'm just glad that they're able to have a conversation because that's what we need to have more of in this country. Amen. Well, speaking of Ebony, let's move on to Roni and talk about Sonia's solid financial future. I just, that whole situation, I, when she said that, I, I don't even. <laughs> my favorite part was Ebony finishing her steak. She was like, oh, these women are fucking crazy, but I'm not going to let it ruin my meal. I would be that person. Like if we're having a great meal and like people are fighting, like, yeah, I'm still going to finish my food. This is delicious. Like, I, I love that she was still eating, eating her steak as all this was going on. It was fascinating. And then on top of that, we have Lou, who's like feeling very triggered by Sonia's behavior and is wanting to leave. And I will say, I feel like this is the most vulnerable that we've ever seen, Luann. I like that she's admitting, like, she's like, I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette because I can't just sit at the bar. She told Ramona, don't put the rosé by me. I get that Sonia can't drink, but I can't drink either. Like she is establishing boundaries for herself. And it, it gives me a little bit of sense of peace that like, okay, this show is going to be hard for her. This is going to be a challenge to be around all of this, but I don't think it's going to be what destroys her and brings her down, which 
previous seasons that did. She's like, I can have a few drinks and be okay. She realizes now she can't. When Sonia starts acting like shit face, slurring her words and, you know, Sonia Rita comes out, she leaves and she just sits outside. She's clearly upset by it. It's hard to watch that. But I think for anybody else going through that, I'm sure it's really like powerful and comforting to see her kind of express it all on the camera. It was great. And, but if only she'd stop talking about Garth. No, I'm kidding. No, I don't think Garth is hot. I really don't see it. I mean, I don't think he is either, but let's be real. Like these women like Harry Dubin, Tom, yeah, like, I don't I mean, think yeah. the, there's not really like the bar is set kind of low there. I mean, it's not like, you know, Evan popped out. Like, you know, I just, I don't, I didn't think he was super hot, but okay. Um, they, they finally get home. And then the I, next day, so then yeah, the next day I, they were kind of having side conversations. So Ramona and Lou Sonia. are having a, like a private conversation about Sonia. And well, first drinking. Ramona and, and Sonia talk. And I just want to say, I hate how Ramona always searches for an excuse for Sonia. Like, I think you're just really hurting because you see that Luann has a man. No, Sonia has been hurting for seven years. Sonia has a drinking problem. Like, I just feel like Ramona's always making an excuse for it. Yeah, absolutely. I I think she's kind of an, an enabler in that way. It's kind of like you can't be both bad cop and good cop. That would be really hard as a friendship. Like in her worst moments, you are like, oh my God, you're a mess. But then when she comes down from it, you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Like you kind of have to keep it 100 yeah. with her and be like, that was pretty messed up and I'm worried for you. And this is why. But I do feel like Ramona has done some form of that. It's just, she's She's gone about it, I feel like, every different way that she can with Sonia, at least that we've seen on camera. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. But yeah, so then Lou and Ramona are having like a private conversation. And I do understand that, that it was, it's about Sonia. Ramona is very protective of Sonia. Yeah, she is. And so I felt like when Leah came in, I didn't think they were being... I didn't think, I mean, maybe because we have the overall context, I didn't think they were being that rude. I, like, I don't think it's bad to say to someone, I'm sorry, I'm having a private conversation. Can you come back in a bit? Yeah, it might be annoying if you're like, oh, I wanted to like eat breakfast and hang out with people. But like, I don't think that, to me, I don't think that's super rude. Uh, I mean, if she was like doing it where if she, she was setting up the dining room, nobody was eating there. If she was doing it like at where like all the food was set up and she was like telling Leah, you have to wait to eat. That would be kind of rude, like go off somewhere else. But that's what they had done. They kind of went off under this like side little room. I didn't think it was that bad. I did love though, that Leah decides to talk shit on Ramona to Michelle, the hospitality director. And all Michelle says back is, I love you, Leah. I thought it was so funny. I, I enjoyed that too. But I think Leah in this episode, oh my God, we didn't even mention the vow of silence that she eventually takes after this. I just feel like she's doing a lot and it just comes across as like, ugh, you know, I'm just like, stop. Like I look at her, I'm like, stop. You're doing too much. The vow of silence is not cute. It's dumb. You exploding at Ramona. Any other time I probably would maybe agree with you, but given the context of the conversation and us as viewers seeing all of it, thought it was a little much to kind of really go off on her. And then Ebony's like, Ramona pulls me aside and Ebony's like, whoa, like, why are you freaking out? I just, 
oh, I don't know. And then seeing, it's just, ugh, I, I have no words for Leah other than she's annoying the shit out of me. I think that she saw how everybody responded positive, positively to her calling out Ramona at the reunion about COVID. And she is chasing that first year high that she had. Everybody pretty much loved Leah after season one, Rihanna's following her. Everyone thinks she's great. And so she's using what worked season one and just trying to replicate it to have that same reaction. And that's not how it works. It has to be more organic and more authentic. And so just coming after Ramona for every little thing is not going to be what us as viewers want to see every single time. Like call her out the first time you did on not contributing plasma and make it where she kind of admits to it, but then don't keep digging and going after it. And it's kind of the same thing here. Okay. So Ramona told you, you couldn't be part of a conversation. You came down and she was talking to Ebony about something completely different. You don't give her the chance to even say that you lose your shit and you take a vow of silence, which was just dumb and stupid. There was no, like, it just, what was the purpose of it? So you were going to start talking at dinner. Yeah. And then she was texting Ebony. Like if I were Ebony, I mean, I like that Ebony didn't, Ebony's a good friend because she didn't even question her. If you were to say that to me, I'd be like, uh, what? Uh, I mean, I guess on one hand, you're like, it's better not even to argue. (laughs) You're like, okay, if you're going to be quiet, whatever might be good for all of us, but it was weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I just feel like she's trying to force, force something to with Ramona just to like, kind of get like another positive reaction. And it's failing and it's actually making all of us agree with Ramona, which like, I don't really like being in that position. So just, just stop Leah, please. And then she keeps going back to this whole Heather thing, which like, I I kind of loved it in the beginning, but it's like, I don't think we need to have, like, everyone needs to know what they're going to say to Heather, how they're going to react to her. You know, what, what is, what's, what's the deal here? Like, let each person kind of determine how they want to approach it and act about it. That same storyline, like the most transparent, obvious storyline that we've ever seen. None of it had anything to do with Leah, but Leah wanted to stir the pot. Like literally she said, Hey, let's, what are we all going to say to Heather? Like it just felt very more staged than usual. And listen, like I heard the clip um, if you all haven't heard it already, we'll share it. And I do feel like in the clip, even though she does not say Luann, I do mm. think she does kind of imply that is it is Luann um, who may have decided allegedly to do harder drugs. But it, yeah, I, I do think she should kind of own that a little bit. And at least Heather should have at least said, like, I could understand why you would think that. But also, I do think it was kind of shitty that she got ambushed. Yeah. I mean, like, was it necessary to read the entire article? Let Luann bring it up. Or maybe if Luann said, hey, Leah, will you read that? Like, I, Heather, this is really bothering me. I think that would, like, makes more sense. I just was like, why is Leah trying to force this? I do love, though, watching Heather kind of, like, squirm and not do a good job of defending herself. Only because she comes across as this like, hey, mama, I'm great at everything. I'm so strong. And I will say I've never been a huge Heather fan. She's just kind of always like irked me with her little holla. Um, So I kind of, I love to see it, but I also love seeing her there. I thought it was, I mean, I think she's bringing something to this, this trip. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm curious to see how it, how it continues. And I'm kind of looking forward to watching her go head to head with Leah. 
Yeah. And we got Ratsville. Like, see? Yes. I like died. Rats, Ratsville, that bitch. Like, I just loved Luann. I'm like really enjoying more and more. Um, and I've never been like the biggest Countess fan, but I think if you take her for the spectacle of her and kind of treat her like a cartoon character, I like thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that as a compliment. And it's yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I know you did. No, I think that was great. Um, yeah. So, Listen, I am here for this Hamptons trip because I think one, they're giving us great themes and they're giving us great drama. And um, I mean, we'll we'll see how it continues. We know that uh, so uh, Ramona starts getting a little upset with some of the conversation about big dicks. So I'm looking I love I love when Ramona gets upset about people talking about sex too much because she talks about it maybe more than anybody in her exactly. Own She's kind of starting to sound like Vicky Gumbelson. Yeah. Little no, she totally energy. is. Yeah. Like definitely Vicky energy towards the later part of the seasons. Yes. Um, but with that, that uh, wraps up this week in Bravo. We will be covering Shaws of Sunset on our Patreon. Uh, so again, this will continue to be free. Patreon is just another way that you can support us and help us make investments in making production better. And you know, we'll be honest, this is basically becoming... It was a part-time job. It's becoming a full-time job. So it just helps us kind of um, be able to continue doing it. So we appreciate your support, um, but also want to give our shout out of the week this week uh, in true Real Moms of Bravo fashion. We have not discussed one, but I want to give it, knowing this Memorial Day weekend, I'd like to give it to all the men and women who have served our country, especially those who um, you know have paid the ultimate price and have died um, in protecting our country and our freedom. And it's the whole point of Memorial Day. It's great having an extra day off and, you know, enjoying a cookout or a barbecue, depending on what you eat. Um, but let's not forget the real reason for it is to remember all of those who have um, died fighting for our freedom. V, do you have another one? No, I, I don't think I can follow up to that one. Ooh. I completely yeah. agree. I mean, we want to support men and women who serve our country. And I also want to give an extra shout out to the spouses um, of those men and women, because it is a huge sacrifice for them and how much weight you carry on your shoulders. On top of that, first responders, like all, all those, all those partners, you're killing it. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now, and for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672, or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.